Hey everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of my weekly show, The Break. I'm Father Roderick. I'm recording this a little bit later than I originally planned. It is, uh, as I'm recording this, Sunday evening, six minutes past 8 p.m. It's way past my bedtime. Well, not really, but... (laughs) What are you going to do? The reason for this is that uh, my schedule has been all over the place. I piled up a little bit too much work on my plate uh, for these past few days. So I've been basically running behind the train all the time. And uh, and then Saturday, something unexpected happened. I had to travel. I'll tell you the story later on in this show. Um, and so I, I wasn't able to to record the, the episode back then. And so ultimately, at the end of the weekend, I finally get to sit down and bring you this update. Because I want to... St- make sure that you get your weekly fix of the break, right? That's why I'm here. Do you know what's going on? This is what's happening in your world. They said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. First of all, I've got some great news when it comes to the the community that uh, that that gathers around these shows and also helps me to develop and to expand my ministry uh, because we have a couple of new patrons and I want to name them here and welcome them into this community. I hope they're going to have a great time with the rest of you. Um, Mia Hernandez, Ron Stephens, Mark Thom, and Zara Nov all became new patrons and I'm really excited that they have joined the community. Then I also want to say a special thank you to Grant Wilner, who has upped his tier uh, this this past week, which is which is awesome. There are also quite a few patrons that uh, had to lower their contribution, their monthly donation, uh, or even stop being a patron. And of course, that's very understandable. We 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 go through some really tough economic times, and not everyone is able to continue to. Um, to support the ministry as they did in the past. But whether people support me for a while or continue to support me, know that I'm super grateful for any support that you can give. And uh, and, and I really appreciate also just the feedback that people give, the prayers um, that I know um are 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 being prayed for <laughs> for this ministry and also for me, because you know, I'm only human. I also make mistakes. I may not always uh, have the, the the right energy or make the right decisions or even say the right things. It's always when you talk about stuff that that some people may get triggered or uh, you know may may be, be offended by by something I said. And and so yeah, I as as a someone who's very much out there in in the public eye. And on many, many, many different platforms, podcasts, YouTube, multiple YouTube channels, the online mass, uh, TikTok, uh, just all these different groups that I try to reach. It's just so much. And it's it's relentless. Every day I produce content. And, and so that's obviously not always going to be to everyone's liking. But, but that's why I really appreciate the support and I appreciate the encouragements, the feedback, all, including the, the, the critical feedback. Um, but most of all, I'm grateful for the prayers because, you know, that's, that's what we all need. Uh, we all make mistakes, but we also know that hopefully this is not just my work, but hopefully uh, the Holy Spirit is able to work through me, even though... Uh, as we all are, 
Uh, I'm, I'm a broken vessel. I, I may not be the perfect instrument, but I try. And, and I hope that, uh, that that is enough for God. So thank you so much for, uh, for your ongoing support. Also want to re-welcome Kensington, who uh, returned as a patron. Um, and to all of you that are um, maybe able to support but are not yet doing this, uh, let me tell you that <laughs> this, is, this is a really, really good time to become a patron because I'm recording extra content for the patrons almost on a daily basis now. I've got the, the story shorts. So it's basically a story secret short, I should, should say. So it, it, the, I, of course, I, I have the movies and t- television segment here. Um, but I can't always talk about all the series that I watch or, uh, or even, you know, talk about spoilers. You know, I always try to keep it spoiler-free here on this show because I know that, that many of you may not have watched uh, the content and, I, and, 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 and a lot of you are just listening to this during their commute on their way to work. And so you can't really go and skip that part where I talk spoilers. Whereas with um, uh, Story Secret Shorts, um, I give a spoiler warning, so if people haven't watched the episode or movie yet, then they can just save it for later. But it's it's just one topic, one one podcast, and and that works really well. I'm really having a, a great time sharing uh, my thoughts, and uh, and what I try to do is not just to give a review, but I always try to make it more personal. Why does this speak to me? Does it remind me of something? So it's it's more akin to what I do on on the walk. If you listen to that podcast, but then. It's just that it's it's a different it's a different begin point beginning points. So I start with something I watch, and then hopefully there will always be a, something personal to share, or a lesson learned, or something like that, or an insight gained. Um, and then for the second tier patrons, I'm uh, finally in the in the in the rhythm of uh, churning out um, a deep dive episode. So I'm currently doing a rewatch of the Obi Wan Kenobi series, and that, that's a lot of fun to go rewatch that series now that. We know how it ends, and then um, spend some extra time studying where. So, where does this story come from? What are the major themes that are at play here? And uh, and so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that will be uh, to uh, to everyone's liking, and 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 hopefully that's a, that's a, appreciated as a as a way for me to thank to say thank you for for the support that you give. In other news. Uh, Another busy week ahead of me. Tomorrow I'll be joining my fellow priests of the diocese. Every year we have uh, one day that we come together. Uh, we see each other from time to time, um, but not as a group. And so every year we come together, we, we celebrate Mass with our bishop and um, also the auxiliary bishops if they are there. And then we we go and visit um, one of the parishes where uh, our colleagues work. And then we usually end with a barbecue or something like that. It's a, it's a fun day. Um, so tomorrow I won't be able to work, which means that uh, I have to do some stuff in advance and make sure that everything is uploaded. Um, but yeah, that's just, just a little bit part of the part of part of the game. Um, I also spent a considerable amount of time today, Sunday, trying to um, rearrange the the online mass. Uh, for months now, I think since the beginning of this year, I've been uh, streaming that mass from my former bedroom. And so I moved uh, my bed to the basically uh, the, the room next to that room, which was actually the room where, where I would be building my Legos. 
um, turned that into my bedroom too, to free up one one room for for the mass, so I didn't have to constantly build up and then tear, tear down the 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 set again. Um, but I, it starts to really uh, bother me that I that I don't have that room because it's all, that's also where all my clothes are. So every time I need like a new shirt, I have to move the camera away, make sure I don't trip over the wires and everything. So uh, today I was thinking, so where, where else can I stream? And um, if, you've, if you've watched my videos on, um, uh, on my main channel on YouTube, the Father Roderick channel, and, and um, uh, I don't think I've posted the videos of my deep dives yet. But anyway, um, I've I've created a nice setting with some colored lights in the background, and it's working really well. And of course, I've 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 got a computer there from which I can stream. And it's like, well, wait wait a minute, I've got that other desk uh, in the back of the room that I hardly ever use. It it was I thought it was going to be the desk where I would use my Windows PC because right here in, in this small studio I, I'm working on a Mac um, but a lot of the games that I play still still Windows based and I used to also edit on that computer but I have to say that the Mac has completely re- replaced everything except for you know the occasional video game but I figured it's a bit of a shame to use that entire half of the of the big studio just for the you know once or twice a week moments that I use a Windows PC, um, why don't I turn that table into an altar? And since I already have the streaming stuff and the lights installed for for the other shows that I record there, it's much easier to put things in place for for the mass. And so I was experimenting with this uh, uh, tonight. But then, of course, as soon as you start changing something, ah, things break. And so I did it like a test. I first was like, well, maybe I can just stream this from my phone because I'm using my my old Asus phone also to produce my TikToks. And I, I can hook it up to my Rode, uh, ex- uh, what is it, wireless microphone because it's got a USB-C port which I so hope that Apple is going to integrate in their future iPhones. It makes it so much easier to use um, extra things like a a good microphone. Anyway, so I I use that for TikTok. So I was like, well, maybe I can can just stream from my phone. It would make it so much easier. Plus, it would free up the camera that I normally use for uh, the phone. And it would free up another tripod, which always comes in handy when you have to travel and film on location. Um... But then I did a test, and it doesn't. First, it doesn't recognize the video, the the lens of the, um, the the camera of the of the phone. And then I do another test, and then all of a sudden, it does it does display the video. But now I can't hear anything, so the microphone is not working. So and then time is just ticking away, and it's getting towards the time that I have to go live for mass. And so, okay, I need to put something in place. And then it's like, ah, I feel like <laughs> like Kermit right before the show. Like, ah, ah. <laughs> and then, of course, you fi- I've got, finally put stuff in place that does work. And then, and then you have to start mass. And then, then you have to, I really have to flip a switch from like totally stressed out Father Roderick over all these technical issues to... Father Roderick celebrating Sunday Mass, hopefully inspiring people. <laughs> oh, sometimes I just get emotional whiplash from from this kind of work. But anyway, it's it. Hopefully, it serves people, and 
you know what, in the end, it's, it's just minor stuff. So um, <laughs> when I'm done recording this show, I'll just go for a walk and, and that usually helps to empty my head. And, uh, uh, oh well. <laughs> How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. Now I'm going to give it to you. And today, of course, we need to talk about the television moment of the week, if not the year. And that is the start of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. My brother gave his life hunting the enemy. His task is now mine. Speak your truth. You're Stand with me. Ours was no chance meeting. Not fate. Nor destiny. Ours was the work of something greater. Each of us, every one, must decide who we shall be. I am not the hero you seek. Whatever it was you did, be free of it. One day this will be your kingdom. Raise your sail. Choose not the path of fear, but that of faith. One thing we can do, better than any creature in all Middle-earth, we stay true to each other, with our hearts even bigger in our feet. this you and I commander wait no we keep moving why do you keep fighting there is a tempest in me you have fought long enough Galadriel put up your sword What am I to be? The Rings of Power, it's finally here! And it's been epic. Oh, what a show. It's just so overwhelmingly beautifully done. Um, I, I really, really, really loved this. And so did about 25 million people who watched this on the first day it aired. It's been 
really, really successful for Amazon. Of course, obviously, that was what they hoped. But there was also quite a bit of negativity surrounding the show. A lot of people were apprehensive because this is based on the appendices. And so that that limits the writers as to what they can use from the lore. And, and they made up a lot of stuff. And so what was going to be the quality of that? Was it going to still feel like Tolkien, even though we know it's not really written by Tolkien? And I'm just going to speak for myself and say, yes, this is definitely very much in the vein of, of, of what Tolkien wrote. It fits the lore. It doesn't contradict the lore as far as I've been able to tell, but then, of course, I'm not a scholar. Um, but most of all, it's so engaging. I love these characters. I love this younger Galadriel who shows a totally different side of her character. And then, of course, it's going to be this whole this whole arc of uh, where she ultimately will end up being the Galadriel that we meet in, in the Lord of the Rings um, or in the Hobbit, actually chronologically. Um, but I, I think that, that they, they took some chances, uh, but it paid off. And I really, really love the, um, the way that they have interwoven all these different storylines and it's slowly coming together. You can feel that they, they take their time, kind of setting the scene and at the same time I felt that it 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 still was a nice pace there was stuff was happening was a lot to see and 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 visually I would say this is the best that Middle Earth has ever looked. Uh, Weta Studios, of course, has been also involved in the creation of all the weapons and the costumes, and uh, multiple special effects houses were were hired to make sure that this looks the best it can look. And boy, does it look good! Um, <laughs> some people were uh, were afraid that maybe. Um, the House of the Dragon would uh, undercut uh, the success of of the Rings of Power because it's kind of similar. It's high fantasy. It's got this same, you know, high profile uh, uh, reputation. But House of the Dragon is just so much kind of what we saw in 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 games of in Game of Thrones. Um, on repeat and just a little bit darker, but it doesn't have the sparkle that Rings of Power has. That that, that, that first opening of the of the of the first episode, it is just amazing. You get this flashback. You go back in time. I won't spoil anything, but you see Middle Earth. You see Arda the way it was in the first age, and it's it's just very very briefly, but it's done so incredibly well. And it, it gives the story a scope that, you know, any other series can cannot cannot meet. It's, it's just, it's unparalleled what they did. Um, and yet it does it really feel like television because, it, because of all these different characters. And um, I, I think if this would have been a movie, they would have had to choose. Like, we're going with this group or this fellowship. And here, they can take their time. This is going to be multiple seasons. So and and we still have a lot of episodes to go in this first season. Uh, I, yeah, I think this is going to uh, surpass my expectations, and I I really hope it does well because it's for, for everyone in, who has been involved in this and and got a lot of flack. Let's be honest, uh, some of the uh, um, of the of the vitriol is is just so <laughs> must be so hard 
to hear that and to read that if you have been involved in in creating this series um there there are real people involved in this and and actors and artists and they do what they can uh within the constraints of of the deal with the Tolkien estate and uh, well i i definitely want to give them credit for that i i loved what i saw and i can't wait to see more i love the music and i love the fact that we see more of my favorite place on this planet, which is New Zealand. I've fallen in love with New Zealand the first time I, I visited. I've gone back a second time, and now I feel like I want to go back again. And yes, of course, everything we see in the series is is enhanced by special effects. It's been recolored. There are, maybe they, they moved some mountains around. Peter Jackson did the same. And still, when you see some of those sweeping vistas... I immediately recognize it as New Zealand and it gives me so makes me so homesick even though it's not even my home. If there's one country in the in the world where I would like to spend my retirement, it would be New Zealand. Just saying. Oh well, in the meantime, I'll just have to do with flat little Netherlands. Hey, for those of you that want to hear more of my thoughts on this series, if you are a patron, um, take a listen to um, the newest episodes of uh, Story Shorts, or Story Secret Shorts. I keep saying Story Shorts. <laughs> story Secrets. Uh, because I, I do um, uh, reviews and, and I give my thoughts on the themes in, um, in, in these episodes. And what I what I try to do it with the, that story shorts, uh, story secrets. What is it called? Story secret shorts. It's too many s's. Anyway, <laughs> story secret shorts is to to really follow the series. So I'm uh, doing She Hulk, and I want to make sure that I do the entire season episode by episode because I think it's over time. Maybe not everyone is watching it right now, but over time that will create a really nice catalog for a new patron. So if you become a patron, then you will have this this big vault of all sorts of series that i discuss and you can just pick the ones that you've seen yourself or that you're currently watching and um so yeah i'm, I'm having a blast doing that and and i hope that my patrons will uh, will appreciate it sorry about all the patron spam <laughs> catholics rock Here at the Peculiar Bunch, we're always happy to tell you everything you always wanted to know about those Catholics with their strange customs and traditions, but you were afraid to ask. Catholics can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? And today I want to explain something that often causes confusion in Catholic liturgy, and this morning in church I actually witnessed that. Man, you guys got more crazy rules than blockbuster video. And that has to do with the preparation of the altar. So this is, for those of you that are not familiar with the uh, Catholic liturgy of the Mass, it's basically two parts. The first part is, um, there's prayer, of course, in all these parts, but the first part is focused on the Word of God, uh, which is Scripture. So that first part consists of a number of scriptural readings. It usually starts with the first reading, um, oftentimes from the Old Testament, not always, but most of the time. Uh, and then there is a psalm, which is also scripture. The psalms were poems, prayers, 
songs that were written according to tradition by King David, but of course, probably multiple authors, but nevertheless, extremely beautiful expressions of faith in, in all sorts of circumstances. It can be just, just praise and, and in happy times, but also in deep trouble, you know, these cries from the heart. Um, and, and oftentimes those psalms will kind of form a dialogue with the readings. And then there's a second reading, which doesn't really thematically have much to do, not at least not on purpose, with the first reading in the gospel. Um, and, and those are often taken from the letters written by the apostles um, or from the Acts of the Apostles. And then uh, that's more of a continuous reading. So for a while you will read a number of letters that St. Paul wrote to, I don't know, the Romans or the Philippians or whatever. Um, so that over time you still keep that in focus because that too is part of scripture and it's part of what we should transmit and 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 those letters even though they were written for people that lived 2000 years ago are still oftentimes very very relevant to the situation in which we live today people don't really change throughout history nor do our problems change that much so the solutions that paul and the other apostles give in their less in their letters can still often be applicable to our modern-day issues. And then there's the gospel that is often uh, thematically connected to the first reading, which is always taken from the gospels. Uh, there are four writers of the gospels, as you know, and so uh, usually you'll, you'll read during one of the... We've got three liturgical years, so three cycles, you could say, of readings, and so sometimes it will be all the gospels from, from Luke or John or Matthew, etc., uh, Mark, of course. Let's not forget about Mark. So there you have it. And that, so that's the first part of the Mass. The second part of the Mass is the celebration of the Eucharist. It is this big prayer, the Eucharistic prayer, Eucharist, uh, Eucharistia in, in, in Greek is thanksgiving. So it's this big thank you prayer within its heart, the greatest gift that God has given to us, which is his own son, the body and blood of Christ carrying his, his real presence come among us uh, under the, let's say, the outward signs of, of bread and wine, but through the consecration there, transformed into the real presence of Christ himself among us. Like he promised, I will be with you until the end of days. That is what, what we celebrate in that second part of the Mass. And then, of course, there is this transitional moment where the table has to be set, right? You have to bring the gifts to the table. And... This is this is something that uh, is some that especially in my country can be a bit confusing to the people that help me with the mass, um, and this is because of our particular situation where we don't have that many priests, and so in many churches on Sunday they cannot celebrate mass because priests can only be in one place at a time, so they will have communion services or uh, uh, they will still come together to pray and read the bible sometimes there will be a lay person uh, preparing a, a word or a sermon or a meditation um and so in the, in some of the locations where i go um it may have been a while since they had a mass and what also uh what i also notice is because you don't have that regular celebration of the Eucharistic liturgy anymore, 
there are a lot of people that are volunteering, and it's it's heartwarming to see how many people just give their time uh, and effort to help prepare. But because they themselves are not that familiar with the liturgy anymore, and because they don't always have mass on Sunday, sometimes they really don't. They have a kind of a vague idea what needs to be done, but they don't really understand what is necessary. For instance, when preparing the altar table. So I had both a someone who did the readings uh, today, and then there was the sacristan. Um, there are in this particular locations, unfortunately, no acolytes to help me, which is really a shame, but it's also because there are almost no families coming to Mass. And so um, these, these volunteers were, were clearly struggling um, with, you know, so what do we... What do we hand over to Father Roderick? And so uh, the, 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 and this happens a lot. They see, for instance, the, um, the, the what is it? The utensils for the, the washing of the hands, with this, which is part of that preparation before the Eucharistic prayer. And that looks kind of big, and it's like, oh, I know what that is. And so they bring that first. And it's like, no, that is the last thing. So first you bring the bread and then the wine or the, the chalice, and then you bring me the wine and the water. And then after the offertory, that's when the priest washes, washes his hands. So that, that happened. And then before Mass, it was even more uh, surprising. The sacristan was like, okay, so I've, yeah, I've put the unconsecrated host on the, what do you call that table, the credence, and I also put the consecrated hosts. It's like, wait, what? no, 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 no. The consecrated hosts should stay in the tabernacle. <laughs> that, those are consecrated. We're not going to bring those to the altar during the offertory because they're already carrying the real presence of Jesus. Oh, oh okay, okay, I'll put them back, I'll put them back. And then um, she, she also asked me about uh, the... Um, what, what did she, she, she? She was wondering what the little carton, the square carton was called. And she was like, it's, it's something like paella. So she was talking about the, the Spanish dish. It was like, no, it's not paella. It's the pala, the pala. But then to my surprise, when, when, I, uh, when the, lector, the, the, the reader brought the gifts to the altar, um, he brought the unconsecrated hosts, thankfully. Um, but then he brought the chalice, and there was just the paten, which is this little uh, dish on which you put the, the big host that, that the priest consecrates. But then there was no, uh, there was no pala, there, and there was, and this is worse, there was no corporal. Now the corporal, in case you're wondering, is this piece of linen cloth, and it needs to be on the altar, it's very important. This has been part of the tradition since the earliest beginnings. And I, I can understand that the sacristan is not familiar with the meaning of, of uh, this, this piece of cloth. may think, well, there, there's already a tablecloth, an altar cloth, so why would you need yet another piece of cloth? But the thing is, symbolically, this is referring to the burial cloth, the... Uh, what, what's the name of that? The, um, the, the shroud in which Jesus was buried. And because on the altar we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Christ, and he himself is present, 
from the very earliest stages of the church, they've been using this folded linen cloth. has to be linen. can't be like sometimes in Italy they will sell you these cheap ones and you can feel that the fab- from the fabric that it's synthetic. That's absolutely not allowed. It has to be linen because we know from Scripture that the shroud of Christ was also linen. And so, uh, and it's nowadays it's folded in in uh, it's folded twice, twice in length and twice in width. It's actually a square one, so that that it still forms a, s- a smaller square. And um, the the uh, the corporal itself, corporal cor- corporals, of course, uh, refers to corporis, the the the, the body of Christ. Um, also, uh, should not have. Uh, decoration so it should be a simple plain linen cloth just like the shroud of jesus however if you want to make it a little bit more or more ornamental you can put it in a what they call a bursa which in latin just means a sack it's like a um what's the word in in dutch it would actually there is a word called for wallet is burse same thing, same root, borsa, uh, uh, bursa. And so that, let's say that wallet, <laughs> that it's basically two pieces of carton uh, that are covered in, in, uh, in cloth. Uh, th- th- those can, can be ornate, and sometimes they really are. They really put a lot of effort to put symbols on there and can have the liturgical colors. And then you can also uh, cover the chalice itself by a piece of cloth that can also be more ornate and also have the liturgical color of the of that particular Sunday, um, but it all has to be there, and and then that that's always a bit tricky. And I was like, I'm I'm a bit uh, some uh, sometimes I still see uh, things happening around the Eucharistic liturgy in in the locations where I celebrate Mass, and I think, well, um, we should explain this. We should teach the people. We should teach the sacristans. We should help them. Ideally, I would say, try to get acolytes, even if they're adult acolytes. But because then you can form them and you can you can teach them. It's obvious that a lot of volunteers don't don't really have that much, you know, knowledge anymore. But by group by giving people a specific task, you can help them to do that task really well. And it's a one-time investment that pays off week after week. Plus, liturgy is of course language. And so if, if you leave out essential elements or, or it's just, you know, oh, I didn't think of that. But over time, that creates also, a, I think, an impoverishment of the celebration of the liturgy. Whereas I'm always for, even if you don't understand what it means, or sometimes maybe even if you don't like certain ways in which the Catholic Church celebrates its liturgy, that's that's valid and i mean that, that that is possible but it's usually because people don't understand what it means and once you explain where it comes from how it ties into the bible to what we know from the gospels how it ties into the ancient history of the church and, the, and this beautiful ongoing tradition then oftentimes it's like oh now we get it and it's on that level of education where i feel very very call to see if I can contribute something because I know it's 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 going to be a lot of work to just in every location where I go 
to explain the same thing over and over again. I may not have the same sacristan next time. And so it's 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 kind of this like ongoing thing. It's never a never-ending story. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I'm pretty successful in explaining, for instance, uh, anime series in short one-minute videos on TikTok. I can do that with these things as well. Why don't I create like little one-minute educational videos for everyone who's involved in the liturgy? Or, or even go beyond that. Explain certain aspects of the faith. The thing is, if you would just do like a big, po- like the liturgy podcast, everything you always wanted to know about liturgy, but you were afraid to ask. And then it's like this one hour show every week. Yeah. You're only going to get listeners that are already super motivated and probably already know exactly what and how things work. But if you do these one minute videos, I've noticed that with anime, People love to share that stuff. That's why it always goes viral on TikTok. It's just, just tons of people. It's like, I didn't know that. Hey, and then they tag all their friends. Have you seen this video from this priest? And then he explains it really well. And then that's how the algorithm always takes off. And I'm thinking, well, of course, liturgy is maybe not such a global phenomenon compared to you know popular television shows or anime, but still. I still think it could be, you know, something that that can help. Plus, again, just as I said with the story secrets uh, that I'm currently recording for the patrons, over time you create a catalog because this is timeless content. And and so I'm I'm thinking, well, wait, wait a minute. I I know it's it's just an idea, and I have to be very careful when I have ideas like this because it's still work. A video, even if it's just a minute long, usually takes a couple of hours to produce. So, and it, it requires writing and stuff, and, 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 and it's quite difficult to, it's much more difficult to be concise, to, to say something in one minute, and to make it interesting, than it is to just spend 50 minutes talking like I do right now in this podcast. I, I'd rather just talk for 50 minutes, but nobody's going to listen to that. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel that, that, that this may be, that the one minute format, now that I've started to do those for YouTube and Insta and, and Facebook and uh, TikTok. That's a format that I I know how to do. And it's, yeah, it's it's work, but it's still, it's feasible. Um, so maybe, maybe this is something uh, I'd like to do. Or maybe I should just kind of involve more people to help me with this. Maybe the writing, maybe someone else can write and I can just... Uh, put it together. I, I don't know. I often think that with the stuff that I do, it's like, I love doing what I do, but it's it's not very scalable. Uh, I love doing my documentaries, but I can only d- spend three days per week, if, if I have a good week, uh, editing my stuff. But if you start kind of branching out and involving other people in the production, yeah, it may require a different way of, of working, but it could actually um, increase the output. Anyway, I'm just throwing it out there. Let me know if that would be something that you're interested in, uh, or if you have any ideas on on how to make that a reality. Because I I believe it's important, even for just regular mass goers or even people that don't go to church that often. It's always interesting to learn something, especially if it's kind of like concrete and and, and it's like about objects and the meaning of them. Um, rituals we all like to learn, right? At least I hope. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? 
I am really enjoying this uh, new biography of J.R.R. Tolkien that I'm currently listening to. It's written by Colin Duries. It's called J.R.R. Tolkien, The Making of a Legend. And it's a fascinating, fascinating biography. It's one of the newer ones. So it uses a lot of that more recent uh, uh, information that has become available. There's a lot is now published. And ever since uh, Christopher Tolkien passed away, uh, we, we have that legacy uh, of his father's work. Um, and also uh, a lot of the letters that Tolkien wrote. Um, it's, it's now all there for, for scholars to study. Um, and there have been some excellent other bio biographical efforts uh, in the past that this book um, leans on and, and expands upon. Um, but it's it's really well written. I love that it it, it, it it's engaging. So, sometimes, you know, especially older biographies may be a little bit dull or too technical or too detailed. And uh, I've 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 read some biographies where I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll just not finish this one. But this, and it's not just because it's Tolkien, it's just the quality of writing. And and I love how um, the author constantly shows how the specific circumstances of Tolkien's life have given him ideas for the stories that we know and love so much. So not only do I enjoy getting more insight in the creative process of J.R.R. Tolkien, but also gives me a lot of stuff to talk about in my TikTok videos. <laughs> because this is this is definitely stuff that I think is highly shareable um, with people that are interested in the background uh, and the inspiration for the stories that they like. I'm also uh, uh, listening to a series of unfortunate events um, I've never really read those books. Uh, I know that there is a series on Netflix that is slightly different from the book, so um, it's such a classic thing. I, I, I wanted to read that. And I started reading The Real Hergé, which is uh, written by Sion Lai. Um, it's read, the audiobook version, by Simon Vance, who's got a great reading voice. And it's the story uh, also by a biographical story of Hergé who who created Tintin and I've been a lifelong fan of Tintin and and I already had read some summaries of the life of Hergé this this book goes way beyond that and um this this Hergé he's gone through a lot oh my goodness I had no idea um so fascinating fascinating book if you're uh, even remotely interested in in Tintin if you like those uh, those uh, comics, I can highly recommend it. I haven't finished it yet, but it's got so it's got the real Hergé uh, by Sion Lay. I'm not sure how how to pronounce that, but uh, I'll, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes on fatherroderick.com. Scientifically wonderful world of science. What sort of science? Welcome back, science friends. Well, as you know, of course, the Artemis launch was again cancelled at the very last minute now it was because of a fuel leak it's very disappointing but you have to always keep in mind it is a test flight this is preparing the future of space exploration these same rockets will ultimately have to bring people safely to the moon so you want things to go wrong if they go wrong. You don't want this to be like, oh, I'm glad we, we, we pulled that off even though there were like a gazillion things going wrong. No, everything has to be perfect. And so I'm glad that they 
canceled uh, so they can fix the problems and learn from it because we want these future flights to be safe. Yeah, it's, it's a bit disappointing. It's a setback. But that's part of such a complicated art that is, that is a modern uh, space exploration. Um, however, we still have all the wonderful gifts from the James Webb Telescope. And uh, have you seen those photos of Jupiter? that are like a combination of regular light and an infrared. It looks stunning. Oh, my goodness. And this is a, a telescope that is just circling the Earth. So it, these photos are not from Voyager that actually went up close and personal. But this is, this is a, a telescope that is very, very close by and, and yet so powerful that it shows this planet in such detail. Unbelievable. And then... We got some more photos, and, and that was fascinating, like a, this big, big, super complicated-looking uh, star system, or Milky Way kind of system, um, where they combined photos of the Hubble telescope with photos of the James Webb telescope. And the combination looks so stunning. Oh, it is, it's also scary. You look at that, and you think, oh, what am i i'm just a speck on a speck on a little speck of dust i'm totally nothing uh, i i just have to believe in god because otherwise my goodness who is going to find me in this in this incredible vastness of space um and then there was this photo the other day the first photo of an exoplanet a planet that is not in our system at all. It's it's like, what was it? 6,000 light years from us? So even if we would be able to travel at the speed of light, it would take 6,000 years to get there. And that is actually considered to be a planet actually very close by. Can you imagine that? So what we see right now, that planet, that is that happened 6,000 years ago. Even if we wanted to send them a message, it would arrive 6,000 years later. I wonder if there's still anyone around here on this planet. Anyway, it's fascinating. But it's a photo. And it is a planet. Of course, it's just a speck. And yeah, there's nothing to see. But it's, a, it's real visual proof that there are other planets out there. And this planet is multiple times bigger than Jupiter, who's, and that's already a massive planet on our solar system. So imagine, there are planets that are way bigger than Jupiter. Probably a gas planet if that was solid. Imagine the gravity forces. Unbelievable. And so, if we can see those planets with, not with the naked eye, but definitely with the, you know, our own eyes using a telescope like that, that's so close by. Imagine just the amount of other planets in the entire galaxy. And then what are the chances that life only exists on this planet? And only here there was this magical combination of improbable events that caused life to emerge. You could always say, well, God only wanted life on this planet. But if you look at the abundance of life on this one single planet in this tiny speck lost in the universe if you see 
the abundance and the variety of life. Why would God just limit that to this planet? We ourselves are traveling to other planets. We hope to land people on the moon again. So, by definition, life is not going to be contained to just this planet. And who knows in the future where humanity will go. So, why would, if we don't limit ourselves to life on this planet, why would God? We may be very surprised. <laughs> surprised to learn that, that God's creativity was even way bigger than than just the stars that we can that we can that we can see there's so much that we will probably never be able to see um so that says something about the greatness of the creator right and if there's no creator what's the what's the sense of this what's the purpose of this why <laughs> that's what what theology is always talking about it's not the how or the what, but it's the why and the where, where to, wherefore. What's the meaning of this? And we are all created with this, with this incredible curiosity. We, we don't stop until we know why. And and so, theologians say, well, hey, that that may be something that God put in us. Who knows? Keep searching. Stay curious. Maybe one day we'll get answers. <laughs> We are on the cutting edge of technology. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Let's plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you plugged in a new device. And it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff, it just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. Earlier in this show, I told you that Saturday, unexpectedly, I had to travel. I had to go back to the town where I've been a priest for 15 years, to Amersfoort, because I had to pick up something that was delivered there in my old space. The thing was, I, I ordered something online, and it was delivered through a, a DHL. Um, what I forgot was that years ago, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I told, I, I, I created a profile on DHL saying that don't bring it to the rectory because I'm often gone. Bring it to the local store that has a like a delivery point. And I never, I never updated that information. And so I ordered something and then I got the message like, hey, you, are, you can now pick it up at your closest DHL pickup point. And like, well, that's in Amersfoort. Oh my goodness, I have to go all the way to Amersfoort. So anyway. That what I ordered, and the reason that I wanted to go there right away was um, that my my um, my watch broke. The um, uh, I had this very simple Chinese uh, step counter. Uh, but, well, actually, it was a bit more advanced than a step counter. It also uh, um, had, had a heart rate uh, meter, and thanks to software, it could also monitor my sleep. And I was using that every day. Um, just to, to get a good I idea of, uh, you know, how was my sleep? And if I see that, for instance, I didn't get enough deep sleep, I always do a bit of an assessment. So why was that? It's probably because I've been podcasting late at night. Uh, that's what I'm doing right now. And then so my mind is still buzzing and I can't fall asleep and I don't I have this, this I, unrest in my head. Anyway, so it's been a great help to try to improve my overall health. And so um, the, the thing is that the, the, the little watch thingy 
didn't really break. It's a, it's a bit like a Fitbit, actually. Um, but the, 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 the strap, the wristband broke because it's just rubber material. And uh, I keep it on while I sleep as well. And that puts some strain on that band, so it broke. And I was like, okay, I'll just buy a new strap. How expensive can that be? And the thing is, the strap was like half the price of a new watch. <laughs> oh, my. That's how they get you. And I already considered for a while that I wanted to um, to move up to something a little bit more, more uh, useful for me because I also started to use the, I will just call it Chinese Fitbit, for when I was running. The thing is, it doesn't have GPS. So it works really well in conjunction with my phone, but I have this very heavy uh, Android phone and it's it's got a huge screen and it's got a big battery. So this thing is really solid. And if I put it in my uh, in the pocket of my pants, it really weighs. And then so oftentimes I run holding the phone in my hand, which is not the most comfortable thing to do when you're running a marathon. Um, plus, I also noticed that uh, uh, oftentimes, especially when I was doing these long walks, my phone would just not have enough juice. Uh, if, especially if you put on a GPS, it just consumes so much energy. So uh, I would do these 10-hour walks, and then after six hours, my phone would shut down, and I would no longer be able to uh, to see where I was, nor was it really uh, documenting the, the route. So I was like, yeah, I, I, need, a, I need a watch with built-in GPS. So I, I looked, of course, at the Apple Watch, and uh, uh, very soon... Apple is going to do another keynote and we'll probably see a new watch and a new phone. But I was looking at those prices and I was like, man, the, the iPhone 7 is like, what is it, 350, 400, 440 euros? And that's just the basic model? I I don't know about you, and I, but I just don't have that much reserve. I, I don't have the budget for that. It's just too expensive. And uh, especially also because I, I know that my phone is, you know, kind of in its last stage and I I, I probably will have to get a new phone. Um, so it's just too much. And and I, the, everything is now so expensive. So I, I okay, okay. That's, that's just, I can't go there. But maybe the manufacturer of my current Fitbit maybe they have a watch. And so I was looking on their website and lo and behold, they did have a watch that looked actually very much like the Apple watch. It's just that the price is slightly different. It has built-in GPS. It's got a battery that lasts for 14 days. That, of course, is if you don't monitor your your heart rate all the time, etc. But but I've already been very happy with the the one that's broken now because it I, I only needed to charge it once a week. And I know that for the Apple watch, you have to, you have to charge it every every day, um, but this watch said fourteen days of battery. Um, it's got the same kind of screen size. Of course, it's not as fancy or fast as an Apple Watch, but it did have built-in GPS. Plus, they guarantee that the GPS will work for fourteen hours. So I was like, okay, that's what I need. Fourteen hours it means I can go hiking all day long, and it will still work. When I get back, that's what I want, and um, and so I I ordered it, and the price is just insanely cheap. I paid forty five euros 
<laughs> 45 euros. And literally, I'm looking at this watch and it's like, it looks like I have an like an Apple Watch. It, it, it's really nice. Got a bright LCD screen, and it even gives you these circles. Of course, it's all cloned from Apple, so it doesn't really merit praise on that level. But you know, it's a good copy, and and so you have these circles, and I immediately notice how addictive it is. You want to close those circles. So if I look at the watch right now, uh, I've burned two hundred thirty nine cal- uh, calories today. I set a goal that every day I would burn. 500 calories at a minimum. So I have to go out for another walk because I want to close that circle. And then I also have another circle, and that's the number of steps. I set that goal at 10,000 steps a day. It's now at 7,399 steps or 599 steps. So again, another reason to go out for another walk. Um, and I've now set it also to, to do sleep monitoring. This morning I tried it out for the first time and it only showed me like uh, the duration, light sleep, uh, times that I was awake, and deep sleep. But I've noticed that it can also do REM sleep, but it will have to do more monitoring during the night. So it will consume a bit more battery. So I, I turned that on and I'm, I'm eager to see. And that was funny. I've, I was looking at this YouTuber and he does scientific measurements on all these cheap watches. And, and this watch actually wasn't too bad. It's not as good as Fitbit or, or the Apple Watch, but it's still quite close to, you know, regular measurements. So you, you can rely on this. And I'm, I'm super happy that I went all the way to Amersfoort to get this watch because it is such an improvement. It's just I feel a bit bad about, you know, having, a, again, another piece of technology just because the wristband of the other one broke. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of e-waste again. And uh, I... I usually try to... This is one of the reasons that I have this phone because it has now lasted for about five years and it's still very powerful. Um, so I'll probably keep this as a secondary phone to listen to audiobooks and some other stuff that Android can do and Apple can't do. But camera-wise, it is, it's five years old. And since I use the phone a lot for my regular work, I, I'm still hoping that... Um, that there may be an iPhone in my future, although eh, maybe maybe I can wait another year. I don't know. I keep always postponing because I would like my phone to have USB-C. Oh, we'll see. We'll see soon enough. It's all, you know, first world problems. Thank you so much for the privilege of your time. I hope you enjoyed the show and hope to see you back online, maybe during one of my live streams, maybe on TikTok. I want to do more live streams. That's one thing I I think is, is really going to help connect with that new audience. I, I noticed that for my podcast audience, I talk to you a lot. But the TikTok audience only sees me like once every two weeks when I do a new video. And maybe having a regular time where I go live may be the solution to that. So I'm thinking right now of trying to go live on weekdays at 5 p.m. my time. So you can... Subtract six hours if you're on the East Coast, which would be, uh, what is it, 11? And then 8 o'clock at the, at the West Coast, uh, if you're in the United States, that is. Uh, I don't know about other parts of the world, but 
having that normally five five o'clock would be the time that I go read a book but maybe I'll just move that to after lunch that's usually my study time but I've noticed that after lunch I'm usually not in the mood for studying because I've already been working all day but maybe just reading reading a book for an hour and then and go live at five o'clock I think it's somehow a better match with my kind of the overall flow of my day anyway if I go live, I'll, I'll make sure to let you know on Discord if you're a patron or on social media. Uh, see you soon. Talk to you later and have a wonderful week.